Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? <laughs> That's how it reminds me. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is the Make It The Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Katie. So Katie, how are you? Tell everyone how you're doing. I'm good. I feel like I haven't left the spot all day. I was doing online college um, from here, from this spot. So, yeah, I've been in this room for the whole day. Um, well, yeah, other than that, I'm fine. I'm just getting used to my new life. Oh, I forgot how hard being a student is. Yeah. Like, I forgot. Because when I was working, I was like, oh, I'd love to be in college again. Oh, I miss it. And all now I'm like, oh, I'd love to have a full-time job <laughs> I know you probably disagree, but... <laughs> You know. Anyway, how are you? Then? Well, I'm not a student. I have a new full time job uh, that I just started yesterday. So Woo! my last my last two days, Monday and Tuesday, went straight into the job yesterday, and then today's th- we're recording this on the Thursday, by the way. So then, and then I have obviously it's Monday to Friday, so I have the weekend off. It's going to be lovely. Very nice. I didn't know that. So that's going to be good to have the weekend off and um, yeah. other than that I'm just I'm grand yeah grand everything's just going fine I guess that's good I'm happy for you okay new beginnings and all that speaking of new beginnings uh we introduced a new segment last week called comments corner and yeah, we're going to we read did. some of your comments from last week's episode on Billie Eilish mm-hmm Right, do you want to go off with that, Evan? Yeah, so I I got one on my personal Instagram uh, from Katie said, not a huge fan, but you should see me in a crown. Slaps. Truly does. Yeah, and that wasn't me, by the way. No, no, it was Kaylee, not Katie. Ah, see, I thought you said Katie, and I was like, that wasn't me. Um, But I know you have both. Okay, so see? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought so. Anyway. Um, yeah, we also got another comment on our page saying um, modern day Marilyn Monroe. So, Which is true. So true. I agree. I do agree with that. So listen, we introduced this segment to get you all involved and we 100% encourage it. So next week we'd like to receive more than two, maybe four, you know. <laughs> Teacher Evan. <laughs> Just, you know, kids, I'm not mad i'm disappointed <laughs> and the class get involved please <laughs> the class can you do your work just you know submit anything you want to say say it as long as it's not rude if it is rude it would be fun to read out but still yeah actually yeah if it's rude it's fine no that's actually gas but like starting college especially because like i'd be classed as a mature student now and like a lot of people are younger everyone's just so shy and like, oh, yeah. I don't really mind speaking out in front of people, so I'm just talking all the time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here we go. Nothing's changed. No. Okay, so on to the next segment, which is uh, pop news. Do, 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 do. I don't know why I'm doing the Lady Jones theme. Okay, it's into newscast music. Well, that's fine. Okay, so. First thing I want to mention is today is International Podcast Day. It is. So we want to celebrate this podcast, other podcasts, people who listen to podcasts and any podcast things, related things you want to celebrate, do it now. Do it now. Why do it? Do a dance. (laughs) Okay, so I have three headlines. I tried to search for more, but couldn't think of any. However, if I miss anything, I'll probably put it in next week. So... Two of them are related to things you talked about, actually. So we'll get into the first one. So uh, it is revealed that Dairy Girls' third season will be the final season of the show. Yeah. So Dairy Girls is coming to an end. Show creator Lisa McGee and Channel 4 have confirmed season three of the show will be the last, expanding it was always the plan to end it after three seasons. Filming is currently under underway, with Saoirse Monica Jackson uploading a photo from the set to her Instagram. Yeah. So... We're going to have to, so that's going to be out in 2022, I believe. So we're going to have to prepare to say goodbye. 
I still have watched season two. Yeah, she hasn't. I fucking knew you haven't. I'm busy. Go back and listen to that episode where I just yell at her over not knowing what the Channel 4 app is. I knew what what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't work. Um, I will watch it eventually. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another, uh, so Nicola Cochran is going to be very busy next year because we got a sneak peek of Bridgerton season two. So Bridgerton fans can get excited about this. A sneak peek of season two is available to check out online. Uh, The scene sees Anthony Bridgerton talking to a new character from the uh, new Sharma family, hinting at a brand new romance to take center stage, replacing uh, Daphne and the Duke's romance as uh, Reggae Jean Page is not returning. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, are we buzzing for Bridget in season two? I am. I'm not going to lie. I really liked, well, obviously, we don't have an episode, but I really like Bridgerton, and I'm never usually into, like, period dramas or anything like that, so I'm really excited for Very excited for Bridget in season two. Can't yeah. Wait. Final bit of news. Uh, it is uh, legal jargon. Uh, so yesterday, the judge ruled uh, that Britney Spears's father, Jamie Spears, was officially removed from her conservatorship. Uh, Britney has expressed that she is on cloud nine after this news, and Jamie has expressed to his lawyer that he wants nothing but the best for his daughter. However, he has been removed, so Britney's on her way to being free. She is, thank goodness. Yeah, that only broke today. Did you see that TikTok center? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was very good. It was Guy dancing. He was just so happy she's free, and it was great. Yeah, we'll post um, that on socials if you haven't seen it. Yeah, and um, two other headlines that kind of made the news this week was more legal jargon with uh, R. Kelly being convicted. Yes. So, yeah, that was, you just reminded me of that. And I had it written down as well, but not in this notebook. Um, so, yeah, what do we think? I'm delighted. Bounce, 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 bounce. I don't just, think you can sing that anymore. <laughs> I'm just singing the bounce part. I'm not singing the whole song. I know. I'm like, it's a remix oh. to Conviction. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make it up? That was yeah. very good. <laughs> That's, but, I'm going yeah. to drop that soon. <laughs> he was found guilty of racketeering and sex trafficking. So, Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was that. But then on lighter news, um, Dolly Parton raves about Lil Nas X's cover of Jolene. So he dropped that a little while ago and she put out a tweet on Wednesday, so yesterday, saying that she really liked it. And it's just very wholesome. Yeah. Oh my God, I haven't seen that cover, but uh, oh, that's actually really nice. Yeah, it's really cute. Ooh. I'm going to so, throw uh, another one in here, actually, just before we move on to our subject today so jesse nelson uh she's back in the news she's uh done an interview she's getting ready to drop her uh first debut solo single boys featuring Nicki minaj uh which is a sound which samples uh peter these bad boys for life she expressed in the interview this is music that she's always wanted to make and she is very supportive of uh little mix because obviously she was in the group Little Mix, yeah, said that they are the best girl band ever and they deserve the Brit Award and all the success in the world. So, you know, there's something that's good, that's cool that she got Nicki Minaj. Mm. I actually don't know if she got Nicki Minaj or that Nicki Minaj is on her track, like you know what I mean. Nicki Minaj is on a Little Mix song, she would have known her. All right, okay, I didn't know that anyway. Right, so this week, uh, Katie cashed in her wild card and decided to pick this topic. So I'm going to Katie introduce it. Yes, so this week we are going to chat about the bio musical drama that follows the rise of the legendary Freddie Mercury and Queen, which is Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, yeah, so what is your history with Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, so my history of Bohemian Rhapsody... Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it in the cinema. Actually, I did not. I saw it when it was available to watch at home, like a few months after it came out or whatever. Um, okay. so I watched it on my own. Uh, I remember really liking it, and then I watched it again with my mom, 
just in, just a random night she hadn't seen it and she wanted to watch it so I just stuck it on for her so we just watched that together one night and then I've seen it three times now including in preparation for this uh, mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'll get into uh, more on my thoughts on in the discussion but yeah by the way I forgot to mention um, Katie picked this because her birthday's coming up so she used her wildcard for that my birthday's on Sunday and we're recording this on Thursday so just for a little insight for you all because we don't know when this is going to but anyway my birthday to me um, whatever so uh, my history with Bohemia uh, were you done? yeah yeah go ahead Okay, I just want to call over you. My history with Bohemian Rhapsody is um, I have seen it three times as well, but I've seen it twice in the cinema. Well, that's big for you. I know, right? <laughs> that's very big for me. I was like, I can't wait to tell them. But yeah, I've seen it twice in the cinema. I've seen it like the day it came out, and then I've seen it like two weeks later with my mom. I, I made her come and see it. I have to watch it. Um, I just I really liked it uh, and was obsessed and then hadn't revisited it so that was 2018 hadn't revisited it till today so yeah that's my history short and sweet like you I want to get into my thoughts and discussions and the discussion part so right say it so yeah so that's that's going to come up after I recap the movie Bohemian Rhapsody Katie are you ready to go I'm ready so it opens with uh, Freddie Mercury uh, preparing for Live Aid in 1987. However, we flash back to 1970 and Farouk Bulsara is a mm-hmm. baggage handler uh, at a London airport. Um, that's Freddie Mercury's real name, by the way. Um, so he lives at home with his family and he heads out to a bar. And at the bar, a band called Smile are playing and Freddie watches them. Uh, so outside, Roger Taylor and Brian May, who were in the band Smile, get the uh, get the news that their bandmate is leaving to join another band. Freddie walks down a hall and notices a girl named Mary. Freddie introduces himself to the band. Uh, Freddie thinks he could be the lead singer and sings for them. So uh, at a local clothing store, uh, Freddie goes to see Mary because she works there and she styles him. Uh, and then in the next scene, Smile play with a new bassist and their new lead singer, Freddie. They perform and it goes, uh, it doesn't start off great, but Freddie picks it up and then, you know, it, it is a great performance after that. So we cut to a year later. The band are heading out, heading out somewhere. It, it's implied that they're heading to a gig, but they get a flat tire. Freddie has a vision to record an album. So they sell the van, they start recording. Uh, the band's new name is now Queen, after uh, Your Royal Majesty. Freddie plays uh, something on the piano, and this is when he comes up with the name, um, the last name Mercury. Freddie tells Mary how, how beautiful she is. He meets her family. Oh, no, sorry. Freddie plays the piano and then comes up with the name Mercury. He plays the piano a lot in this film, so I'm going to get mixed up. Um, so Freddie gets a call and announces that John Reed wants to meet the band. So at lunch, uh, Freddie shows up and so does John Reed. The BBC want, uh, they want, uh, the band are performing uh, uh, on a show on the BBC and they want the band to lip sync. So this is when the band success starts to grow. Freddie asks Mary to marry him and she says yes. So the band uh, sh- show up and, Fre- and tells Freddie they are booked to tour the US. And then they go on their US tour. Freddie calls Mary and gets uh, gets the eye from a local trucker going into the men's bathroom. Queen meet with Ray Foster. And he needs them to write another hit like Killer Queen. Freddie mm-hmm. plays an opera record. The band uh, head to a farmhouse with a recording studio. Freddie starts playing piano uh, with Paul, who works for the... Is there... Is Paul there... Does Paul work for the record label? Paul, um, Paul, no, he works for the manager. You know. Oh, yeah, I think he's with the management. So, yeah, just to clarify, he's, we'll get on to him. Uh, Freddie starts playing piano with Paul watching. Paul, com- 
Paul compliments the song and kisses Freddie. Freddie rejects mm-hmm. him. So the next morning, the band hash out song ideas. And then the band start recording the song, Bohemian Rhapsody. They yeah. play it for Roy and he absolutely hates it. He doesn't want Bohemian Rhapsody to be a single. Uh, the band walk away and they break his window. Freddie is doing a radio interview and brings uh, Bohemian Rhapsody to the re- station. And Mary didn't know that he was so close with the radio presenter. In 1976, Queen are absolutely taking over the world. Mary calls Freddie on tour. He, he says he misses her. Freddie and Paul are having breakfast and there's a naked man on the couch. Back, back in the UK, Freddie and Mary uh, watch one of Queen's more recent gigs and it was the biggest uh, paid audience in history. Uh, Freddie tells Mary he's bisexual but she tells him he's not bisexual he's gay and she's known for a very long time so they split up but remain friends in 1980 uh, Freddie moves into a a new house and he's showing Roger around Roger is now married with kids Freddie calls Mary and he gets her to look into the window and turns a lamp to uh, give her some sort of message So Freddie soon throws a party and he's dressed like a king. He sits with the band and Paul pours Freddie a drink. Roger and his wife uh, leave and Freddie calls him dull. Brian leaves after him and calls Freddie a prick. Uh, Paul tells him to forget about them. The party ends and Freddie plays the piano and... uh, Yeah, the party ends, Freddie plays the piano and he gropes one of the waiter's asses. Um... So Freddie apologizes and they have a drink together and talk. Uh, the waiter uh, kisses Freddie. He tells him to come find him when he likes himself as much as he likes uh, this this man whose name is Jim Hutton. Yeah. Uh, Freddie is late to the recording studio and this is when they record the song We Will Rock You. Paul has an idea to make Freddie go solo. Freddie walks into the VIP area and runs into Mary and her new boyfriend, David. Mary isn't wearing the ring that Freddie gave to her. So Mary and David leave. And in the car, Paul is, um, he's filling Freddie with pills and the solo deal is mentioned. So uh, Sean Reed, who was there, no, John Reed, sorry. John Reed, who was their manager, uh, is also in the car. He brings up the solo deal. Paul acts as if it wasn't his idea and Sean gets fired. Uh, John, not Sean, they're... Yeah, we know what you mean. We know yeah. what you mean. Reed gets fired. Um, Freddie won't go solo. Uh, the band have a go at Freddie about firing the manager. And then they go into, they get into a spat. And this is when another one bites the dust is written. Mm-hmm. At a press conference in 1982, Freddie dodges some very insensitive questions. He's high as a kite. No one seems to have questions about the album. Freddie tries to call... Uh, tries to call Mary, but she's not home. I Want to Break Free video is being filmed, but no one seems to be talking to Freddie. Uh, MTV banned the I Want to Break Free music video. Freddie says he'll never tour the US again because of this. Freddie needs a break and reveals he's signed a solo deal. Freddie says they'd be the band would be nothing without him. 1984, Freddie is in Munich working on his solo album and Paul is there with him. So Mary calls and wants to talk to Freddie, but Paul answers saying she'll pass on the message. Uh, a record executive calls about Live Aid and Paul says he'll pass on the message, but he isn't. Freddie starts coughing up blood. Um, so Freddie's sick on the couch and Mary shows up. So Mary is shocked to see Freddie's state. She tells him she's pregnant. He says, how could she? And Paul uh shows up with some people because they've been partying the whole time mm-hmm. so mary uh mary takes off upset uh he says he's happy for her and she reminds him he is loved by her by the band uh but but by everyone except for paul so it's raining outside paul tells freddie to come back in or i'll catch his death and he tells paul to leave Uh, Shortly after that, in a TV interview, Paul lies about Freddie's endeavours at these parties. Uh, Freddie calls the record executive about Live Age. Uh, Queen are reunited, but it takes them a while to make up, but they finally do. 
Queen are rooted in to do live aid at this point. Freddy gets tested for AIDS and tests positive. Um, so then it's at the rehearsal for live aid. Freddy tells them all he is ill. And it's a very emotional moment. Um, the day of live aid arrives. Freddy shows up at Jim Hooten's house. Hooten's house. Horton, here's a who. At Jim Hooten's yeah, house. And he... <laughs> And takes him to the gig. But before that, they stop into Freddie's family home and uh, have a cup of tea. And mm-hmm. then they leave and head to Live Aid at Wembley. The band are preparing uh, and the show is about to begin. Queen takes the stage, perform for a 20-minute set. And that's the end of the movie. It is. So let's get into a discussion. Right. So, um... Yeah, so the thing I really like about this movie is, we all know me, like, I don't really like long movies. If if I can see the timestamp on a movie, like, I won't watch it. Yeah. If it says two hours, unless I, like, have the day. I know that sounds mad. I don't know what's wrong with me, but anyway. Yeah, it, I find it really difficult. But um, this movie, even though it is, like, over two hours, like, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It doesn't, and even in that recap there, I feel like we have recapped, um, well, you have recapped, um, movies that haven't been as long in minutes, but, like, there's more to the plot, and I think mm. that's what helps this movie fly, is that, like, even though it's jam-packed with, like, well, information, I'm doing air quotes, um, information, it's not, like, overly flooded, and it has a lot of like silent moments and moments for you to kind of think about things that are happening in it and stuff. But yeah, I don't know even where I'm going with this. I'm just saying it flew in for me every time I watched it. I feel like I'm watching it for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this, I do like this movie. I really do like this movie, but I do have a lot of issues with it. Yeah. So. Okay, so before I but so I just wanted this isn't one of the issues. I just wanted to say this. So before I watched this movie, I was not a Queen fan. Okay, was not mad on the music. I, I re- unpopular opinion, really do not like the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, um, I like the Muppets version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the Muppets version. I used to have that on my iPod. You used to put up the video specifically. Oh my god, yes, I watched that today. Or remember when they did it on Glee? <laughs> <laughs> and it was mixed together with oh. Quinn giving birth. That's a spoiler for Glee, but oh yeah, I do actually. Let me go. That was the greatest. That was emotion. Yes. Okay, we'll get onto that if we do the Glee episode. Um... <laughs> oh God, bless me. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Okay. So. I like the film. Uh, it made me a Queen fan. Um, oh. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it did a good job. However, and I want to talk about Freddie Mercury as in the movie character, Freddie Mercury, who I know is, yeah. was a real life person, but in terms of this film and the narrative that's being pushed. Yeah. To me, it just, he's, oh, it's, how do I say this? Just say, you're not talking about the actual person. I'm not talking about the actual person, Freddie Mercury, because obviously I can't talk about the real person, Freddie Mercury. I can only talk about the, in terms of the fictional character. The fictional character that was created for this film. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. I don't, I didn't really buy a lot of the kind of, because obviously he had a stage persona that was very outlandish and eccentric and wild. And I, and there's no doubt in my mind that that was a part of his personality on stage but when he's in the recording office and he's banging on the table and putting his leg up and it's just when it's over the top like that I was just like I really don't buy that he was really like this yeah no me neither not at all but like obviously it has to be outrageous for the film like they can't have him just acting normal there'd be no entertainment value in that yeah so I feel I, I understand why they did that, but I also do. Yeah, I want to stress as well that like if we make any judgments on people, we are going to we're talking about the film right now. We're not actually talking about the band Queen right now, which is no. just the film. That's always because I probably should have said that in the start, but it doesn't matter. No, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So and then I have an issue with 
okay, so the whole thing about him, the relationship between not well, Paul was just a shit character, right? So yeah, and he he's there to be the villain in this narrative. Okay, so obviously that's why he's there. Obviously, we hate him. Um, yeah. However, the whole relationship with Freddie and Jim Hutton, um, the way it starts out. Let's be honest. He grabs his ass without consent. Yeah. It didn't paint him in the best light. And I don't, I don't, that's not how relationships, good relationships start. And then he's like, it just, I forgot whenever, so the first time I watched this, I forgot all about the Jim Hutton. And then it comes back to him at the end. I was like, you could have just left this out. Like, yeah. Well, I think it came back at the end because he was actually Freddie's partner when he died. Okay. That is true. Okay, that's that, fair. That is, that's factual that he was. But obviously it didn't happen the way the movie portrayed. But I'd say that's why they brought him back, just because to tie it up, I suppose. Yeah, I just had, I just took such an issue with that scene. And obviously I don't know if, do you know if that's true, if that's how they met? I don't know. Actually, I never googled that, but I, I actually doubt it is. I, I don't doubt think. It. It is. I doubt yeah, it. Because like this film is very. We're gonna get into it anyway. How? Uh, yeah, we're gonna get into how. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the historical accuracies yeah, uh, so, soon. Yeah, so we'll get into that then. But um, yeah, of course, and um, there was a few questionable characters, and there's a few questionable characteristics as well in it. Yeah. Um, I just find it hard to believe well I actually no, no never mind I'll mm. say that a lot um, <laughs> um what else was I going to say um but obviously like this is gonna sound so cringy but like yeah. the live aid performance every time I see it in the film and like I've watched the original as well and um, you know the one on YouTube and stuff um and oh, it just makes me want to be there every single time I see it. it makes me so sad I'm like I want to be there but I've had this problem and I think a lot of people have this problem since COVID every time I watch something on TV I'm like oh, they're all very close and when yeah. it panned over Wembley and they were all packed in there together I felt really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah even before COVID I felt uncomfortable watching that and like yeah, 80s concert footage like it just oh no, that is absolutely fair enough. But like now, I was like, oh, so close. Like we're not even eleven to pull together. But like, ah, hey, yeah. Um. Oh my god. Train of thought was there. Now it's left the station. Um. I felt really bad for Mary in this movie, and I really mm-hmm. liked that character. I felt really bad for her, but at the same time, I was like, babe, open your eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Although her eyes were pretty open. I think she just looked like she, well, I mean, the character. I just think the character loved him so much that she didn't even care what the ramifications were going to be, you Mm -hmm. know? I feel like she always knew, but she just brushed it aside. And then when he tried to come out with why, she was like, no, no, we all know. You can say it's fine. Safe space. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What else is there to say about this movie? Uh, incredible soundtrack, obviously. Do you think uh, ben... that's... What? No, no, go ahead. I was about to say, <laughs> say what you need <laughs> to say, and then. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's the reason I like this film so much is because of the soundtrack from yeah. Queen. You know, it's just their songs are unmatched. They are really, really good, and um, and I think that's why I was obsessed with it. Just because I love them songs. You made and me a fan. That's so mad. That's actually gas. I never would have thought that. Like, I would have thought you liked them because, like, I really, like, I suppose it made me a fan as well. Like, I I knew all the songs because my mom played them when I was growing up. And I heard them all the time. I can actually recall when I, like, proper, like, like, heard Don't Stop Me Now for the first time. Like, when it, like, it clicked and I can still remember um, I was ice skating at Liffey Valley and it was my first ever time ice skating ever and I was going really fast and I was zipping around but like I wasn't a brave kid so like this was I was about 12 like this was 
un, un, like unseen and my mom was like oh my god and don't stop me now I was playing and I was just going and going and my mom was like oh my god she's doing so well <laughs> just you fucking going around Liffey Valley ice rating being like don't stop me don't stop me don't stop me <laughs> like remember the feeling in my chest like I felt it with my chest <laughs> I really did <laughs> it stuck with me so every time I hear that song like I think of that and it always makes me feel like that like warm feeling um so I always liked the songs but yeah like the movie made me like want to listen to them on my own spare time and not just like I feel like I was born not all the songs yeah if that makes sense. I just, I just know them. <laughs> yeah, they are like embedded into your brain as a child. Like yeah. My twelve-year-old niece knows it. Like, yeah, I know, and I feel like all generations will because, um, like the music's so iconic and people love it so much that it is gonna be one of them things that carry on. Mm. Okay. Do you think Ben Hardy? Do you think the EastEnders cast are raging? Ben Hardy's having a big film career now. I didn't know he was in EastEnders. He was Peter Beale. I wouldn't be able to. Like the son, like. Yeah, Ian Beale's son. Back no in the way. Day. Yeah, he was. Ah, yeah, you're so raging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has them all blocked now. He's blocked all the numbers, but fucking Ian Beale's texting him, and then he's like, "No time for you." <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, no, I love all the cast, to be fair. Like, there was a great cast, really, really good cast. Every time I see a man who plays Brian May, I always forget what he's in. Let me just get him up here. I think I follow them all on Instagram, except for... Now, is it Remy? Rami. Rami. Rami, okay. Yeah, because I knew I was going to say that wrong. Um, but... Yeah, I don't I don't follow him, like I don't follow his stuff. But I follow the rest. Oh my god, the two lads were at the Brian May, the guy who plays Brian May and the guy who plays Roger were at the No Time to Die premiere today. Oh no way. I know um one of them is called John Mazzello, but I don't know which one he is. Yeah, was he the I just follow him on Instagram. <laughs> okay. What was this guy in? Oh, he's got one of them face. Now, do you know what he is? He's the image of the twins from Harry Potter. That's why he looks so familiar. Oh. Oh, my God. Wait, what's this? Oh, my God. What? Lucy Boynton, who plays Mary, is going to Rami Malik in real life. Yeah, do you know that? No. (laughs) Get with it. They've been together since, like... Yeah. Right. I don't pay attention to everything Rami Malek does. Yeah, that's fair enough. I don't really either, but I just remember I was a bit obsessed with it all when it came out with Cradle Mall and Instagram stuff. I think at that point, like he had like no posts on Instagram or something. Hmm. He was one of them, or like it was something like he didn't follow anyone, or you know, it was one of them. And I was like, I have no time for people like that. So. Yeah, so do you have anything else to say on this movie or anything? No, not on the plot or anything. Um, I'm good for this bit. Plot's very loose, I would say. What? Plot is very loose, I would say. Maybe because the music's driving it, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, the plot is very loose. Like, there's not a lot happening in the plot, but yeah, it goes on for, um, like, two hours. Oh, yeah, I actually did have something down it was um the thing that i find so powerful about this movie is the silent moments in it so like the silent moment like when he was asking mary to marry him and then like the little silent bits like when he was like forming his connections with her and stuff and and little bits like that they just really draw you in and make you feel the surroundings you know yeah yeah no they do honestly that is actually a fair point and i think that's a great point to end our discussion on and then we're going to segue now into the historical accuracy historical 
accuracy of Bohemian Rhapsody. Try and say that 10 times fast. That's a drama class exercise. (laughs) That's a monologue. (laughs) That's a monologue, it is. Um, So, have a bunch of things here. So, okay, go for it. Okay, so major historical events surrounding the band are portrayed either out of order or inaccurately in the film. Uh, McCartan, who was probably a part of Queen, uh, explained this was for a dramatic effect, saying, <laughs> we're making a movie here, not a documentary. The Vision blog, Information is Beautiful, deducted that while taking creative license into account, the film was 79.9% accurate when compared to real-life events, calling it a fairly truthful account represented in a massively compressed and edited timeline. So uh, there's a few sections here regarding the band, regarding Mercury's personal life. Yeah, there's only two seconds. I did not read this beforehand, so. That's okay. So first point, the formation of Queen was not as simple as portrayed in the film. Mercury had known Tim Staffel from Art College and had shown an interest in joining Smile even before Staffel's departure. Mercury yeah. also shared a flat with Roger Taylor prior to joining the band and had run a stall at the Kensington Market with him. Interesting. Yes, that's what I was going to say in the first part. That I was like, I doubt he was at the back of the pub being like, let me sing for you. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hear me. Like, just turns away and just starts belting like, no, that did nothing. <laughs> I feel like that happens in a, in a film where they just stop the record producer and sing. Literally, like, it's like, no, listen, like, I, I am going to, like, convince you right here, right now. Like, no. Oh, no. Like, Do you know what? That's in the Cheetah Girls, too, when they ring the. <laughs> yeah, but that is historically. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's real life. <laughs> That's how Barcelona was built. Um... <laughs> So uh, John Deacon was not the original bassist, but the fourth bassist. There we go. Eventually. Yeah. The character of Ray Foster, who's played by Mike Myers, is fictional and loosely based on EMI chief Roy Featherstone. While Featherstone and others did think that Bohemian Rhapsody was too long to be released as a single, Featherstone was actually a fan of the band. Uh, At Night at the Opera was released by EMI with Bohemian Rhapsody as the lead single and Queen released several more albums and singles at EMI. Mike Myers was cast as Foster in reference to a scene from the 1992 comedy film Wayne's World, in which the main characters Wayne Campbell, played by Mike Myers, and Garth Alger uh, lip-sync along to Bohemian Rhapsody with several friends in the car. (laughs) What a way to cast someone in a film. I mean, why not? Jesus Christ, Wayne's World changing the world forever. Literally. So, some songs are shown out of chronological order. For example, We Will Rock You was written in 1977, not in 1980 as depicted in the film. Fat Bottom Girls wasn't written until 1978, although the film shows them performing it during their first tour in 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Reed wasn't fired as Queen's manager after an argument with Mercury over his solo career as portrayed in the film. The band and Reed parted amicably by mutual agreement and for yeah. com- completely different reasons. Furthermore, they split up in 1978, not after We Will Rock You's depic- depicted 1980 release. Jesus Christ, this, is, this might ruin it a bit for you. I'm sorry what? we did this. might ruin it a no. bit for you. I'm sorry we did this. No, of course not. No, I'm actually really good at like. I don't care if it was historically accurate or not because I really enjoy the movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I never actually went into this thinking ever, like, being like, this is his story. Like, I went in being like, this is a film about songs that I like. Yeah. Fair, fair. And the main the main character. So, um, don't worry, you can you can say what you want. Right. Uh, the Rio de Janeiro concert did not take place in 1979, but during the first Rock in Rio festival in January 1985, those approximately six months before Live Aid, uh, the mm-hmm. live version of Love of My Life using the film scene is taken from the 1985 Rio concert and labelled as such in the accompanying official soundtrack for the film. I do like that they used his voice in the movie. I have to say that. They did. Now, they 
didn't use it like wholly though. They used it like mixed with um Rami and a like man who's really like he's an impersonator of Freddie Mercury. Oh wow. Yeah, so there was all three of them in there together. Now they did use it, but it wasn't as predominant, like it was mixed. Jesus Christ, for a tribute act, that's the biggest gig you want, isn't it? I know, like, literally, <laughs> technically playing him in a movie, like, playing him. Uh, Freddie Mercury was not the first Queen member to release a solo project. Mercury solo debut, Mr. Bad Guy, was released in April 1985. Previous to this, Taylor had released the single I Want to Testify in August 1977, and the albums Fun in Space and Strange Frontier in April 1981 and June 1984, respectively. Uh, May uh, May had released the EP Starfleet Project in October 1983. Oh, I love that one. I love Starfleet Project. That is really good. Wait, when did he release that? In 1983. So, oh, as I said, nineteen ninety-three. I was like, mm, that's not that's not historically historically after your um, okay. That is very interesting. So, Queen did not start sharing songwriting credits in nineteen eighty-five before Live Aid. Their nineteen eighty-six album, A Kind of Magic, still had individual writing credits. The only Queen albums in which all credits go to the band as a whole are The Miracle and Innuendo. Um, Queen never split up so Live Aid was not a reunion they released the album The Works in early 1984 and then toured worldwide Uh, the last show of the tour was eight weeks before Live Aid and they were extremely well rehearsed for the show and did not have to get back into shape as a band they were also not a last minute addition to the concert Mm. no yeah no my mom got married during Live Aid my parents got married yeah during the day of live aid like no way that's gas they're divorced now so you know it didn't work out (laughs) live aid Aid and my parents marriage came to an end yeah i was gonna be like yeah i'm I'm pretty murderous that so it's okay she doesn't listen to this so um good uh now my mom actually tells me about like when she was watching Live Aid, Ooh. like she was watching it, and um, but she wasn't I, but like she was watching it on TV. Yeah. Um, I don't think what was that? No, she wasn't living in London. She was still in Dublin at the time. But yeah, I just always think it's mad that like my mom watched that. Do you know what I mean? We the closest we kind of had to Live Aid was that One Love Manchester concert, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair. I guess that's kind of our live age. Yeah, I suppose. In a sense, yeah, like for a cause and for stuff like that. Yeah, it was. Mm. Um, But yeah, do you have any more to say? I do have a lot to say. I just wanted to push that in there. I don't know why. Okay. Queen performed crazy little thing called Love and We Will Rock You at Live Aid after a hammer to fall and before We Are the Champions. But this is not shown in the theatrical, rele- theatrical release of the film. Radio Gaga and Hammer to Fall were also shorter in the film than in the real concert, which is fair. Have to get into that yeah. time. Um, in a scene that didn't appear in the actual film, but was briefly shown in the trailer, uh, Gwilym Lee as Brian May and Joseph Mazzello as John Deegan are seen playing the guitars with a bow, which May himself claims has was never done. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm, fair. so this is in regards to Freddie Mercury's personal life. So according to Vanity Fair, the film leaves out many details about Mercury's relationship with Mary Austin and Jim Hutton, tweaking and glossing over previous facts. That That's just one point. That doesn't tell me anything. I found out something about Jim and Freddie. Okay. So maybe it's here. Well, say it, man. Say it and I'll see if it's here. Okay, so it was um, 
Hutton was already seeing someone at the time um, when Mercury, I can't even say that, when he refused Freddie, I'm just going to say Freddie, when he refused Freddie's offer to buy him a drink at the gay club Heaven. It wasn't until fate brought them together at the same spot 18 months later that the two were really connected. And they began dating soon after the second encounter and then Hutton moved into Mercury's London home. Garden Road. There we go. Yeah. So the real life story um, is better. Yeah, literally. Like, tell me what happened there. See, oh, I'm just obsessed with like knowing things about people as well. Um, <laughs> but what was it? Um, and then obviously dating a celebrity wasn't what it was. Charles for Hutton. He recalled um, how one day they had a huge fight after he saw Freddie leaving heaven with someone else, which is another time he had to do just to make his partner jealous. Things came to a head, however, after Hutton then saw him leaving his apartment with another man and told him he had to make his mind up and Freddie responded to the ultimatum, the simple okay. And Jim explained that deep down, I think he wanted to be secure with someone who was down to earth and not impressed by who he was. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's so interesting. That's that that's a yeah. movie. Uh, um yeah that's a movie in itself but yes i also have another point but i won't say it now because you might bring it up in a minute so. okay right so uh next point Mer- uh, mercury did not meet mary austin on the same night he joined the band austin had briefly dated uh brian may but didn't meet mercury until he, he was already a band member <laughs> oh, that's mm-hmm. funny. oh go on mary <laughs> <laughs> why not the next point is the one that you said um, the film's treatment of Mercury's HIV diagnosis received particular criticism with Jasper Rees describing it in The Spectator as the most callous rearrangement of facts exactly when Mercury learned he had HIV is disputed but is usually given as 1986 or 87 a year or two years after Live Aid uh, yeah Taylor said that the other band members were not made aware of this condition, of his condition until early 1989. Yeah, um, yeah. So it wasn't just before after, just before Live Aid that they all found out. Yeah, so because he he only found out himself in '87, and obviously we know um, Live Aid was '85, and um, I don't know. I'm sure you know this, but. For any listeners that don't, um, he only publicly announced that he had AIDS the day before he died. Oh yeah, I did know that. Yeah. So nobody knew until it was it was over. I suppose it's very callous of me, but sure. <laughs> um. So the portrayal of Paul Prenter was also met with some debate. In real life, Prenter did not work for John Reed. He was a former radio DJ who became Mercury's PA in 1977, two years after the, rele- after the release of Night at the Opera. Both May and Taylor have claimed that Pretner's partnership with Mercury was a source of friction within Queen. Uh, May- Brian May stated uh, in his book, Queen 3D, that he was certainly responsible for leading Freddie off, a di- off on a different path. And it would be fair to say that we parted on terms that were less than good. Uh, Taylor revealed in the Queen documentary Days of Our Lives that he was a very, very bad influence upon Freddie, hence on the band. Mm-hmm. However, Prenter's family have disputed how the film depicts him, stating that Prenter and Mercury were never lovers, that he was not disowned by his family for being gay. Prenter did not conceal the Live Aid concert from Mercury and that he was not fired before Live Aid. According to Mary Blake's book in Is This Real Life, Queen roadie Peter Hintz claimed that Prenter was fired for holding a party in Mercury's home. He also did not disclose details of Mercury's sex life on a German talk show, but in a 1987 interview for the Sun newspaper after he no longer worked for the band. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, he's clearly a prick. Like. Yeah, he is an arsehole. That was right. Like that bit was a bit that bit was right. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's well done. That's well done, you know, accuracy, whatever words. Um words. Yeah. 79. 
<laughs> so final point the backstory of mercury's family was also criticized as inaccurate in one scene his father tells him how his family had to flee his birthplace zanzibar with just their clothes on their backs in reality they had a six month time window to move to their new middlesex home uh, it also says that bomi uh, sent freddie to boarding school because he was an unruly boy when he, when really it was better for education hmm. Okay, so that's the history, historical accuracy of Bohemian Rhapsody. And very interesting. The more you know. Yeah, it is. No, it is. Definitely. And that's yeah. what I like about films like this. Even if they aren't accurate, like, you always end up doing a bit of Googling and finding things out anyway. Yeah, that's true. And like, I always, oh my God, every time I watch anything, I'm Googling. I'm always Googling. Like, I'm just so Oh, nosy. yeah. Yeah, What's what was this person in? What was, yeah, yeah. They did that as well. Yeah. Where do we know them from? What do you know? Stuff like that, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about the success of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, <laughs> I've done that once, I'll do it again. Um, it was very successful. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> so it has 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which means... Higher than red. <laughs> I also think that deserves a bit of a higher score. I'd probably give it maybe another 5-10% more. Yeah, like, I don't know. A lot of people did not like this movie. Like, didn't like it at all. I've heard a lot of people being like, oh, it was crap. Oh, I didn't like it. But I think they were expecting more of, like, a biopic or more of a documentary. Yeah. Uh, or if not that, they were just really, really diehard um fans and i mean i suppose if you're gonna if you're a diehard fan you probably won't enjoy the movie but i wasn't i'm not gonna lie to you like when i was watching this movie i was like this is queen song (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like oh yeah i it was my it's you're my best friend i didn't know that was queen i thought that was elton john yeah see i know right like there's things like that for me as well like that's queen or that was queen like um I can't even remember what it was, but there was a few of them, and I was like, wow. Because, like I said, I just feel like I was born. Oh, you're making me live now, honey. Um. Songs are a bop, though. Like, the band, you have to admit, like, it was, it True. is still a great band. Like, you cannot fault the songs, and you cannot fault the writing, or the composition, like, really, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm yeah. gonna get back into the success. Uh, we just went on a little tangent there. We'll get back into it. So the film made nine hundred and four million dollars worldwide against a budget of somewhere between fifty to fifty-five million. Yeah. And um, it became the highest-grossing musical biopic of all time and the sixth highest-grossing film of 2018. Uh, this film was nominated for countless awards. Uh, received numerous accolades. Leading four wins at the 91st Academy Awards. Uh, Rami Malek won for Best Actor. It also won Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. It was nominated for Best Picture. It won Best Motion Picture Drama at the 76th Golden Globe Awards and was nominated for the Producers Guild of America Award for Best Theatrical Motion Picture and a BAFTA Award for Best British Film. And Malik won the Golden Globe Screen Actors Guild and BAFTA for Best Actor. Yeah, he did. I feel like he deserved. He did a good oh, job. Oh yeah, he did an amazing job. And also, Brian May has Brian May has hinted at a possible sequel to this film. But what else could you say? Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Why would you? They're not. He. They. He's. It's rumor, but you know. No, I know, and I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it's just a rumor because I think this is one of their movies that's best on its own. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. Don't touch it. It was brilliant. It made a lot of money. See, that's what I feel like when something makes a lot of money and then they try to bring out a second one. And I'm never, like, it's never, yeah, it's never what it should be. In that it's case. never what it should be. Like, it, really, it's not. And they're only bringing it out to try and make more money. But like, you're not, you're not ever gonna hit that again with the same kind of formula. You know, like, what else so. is there to say though with that? Because it's a real life story. You can't really go any further like unless they go into like the lives after his death or something uh, then there's no voice <laughs> then it's a bit grim like well because they re-released Bohemian Rhapsody after he died 
Oh yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So can we get a Muppets biopic? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? Oh my god, Miss Piggy biopic. Oh here, hook that to my veins. Yeah, and also I actually want to say this. I think this film, there's been musical biopics before this. You know, there was like Straight Outta Compton, Walk the Line. But I think this film is kind of, it's now become a trend. And I think this film is what kind of kickstarted that. That's why there's like, you know, we had like Rocket Man, And then we have yeah. Respect, which is in cinemas now, which I'm seeing this weekend, I think. I'm dying to see that. I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, I think there's a Michael Jackson one being made, which I hope they do not fuck up. Well, um, he... I don't know how I feel about that because there was already This Is It, which it was more of a, it was a documentary. Whoa. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there was also Judy. That was, that was a great movie. Um, the thing about Rockman, though, that makes me laugh is like <laughs> all these movies have been coming out about people that have passed away and stuff. And <laughs> Sean's alive and yeah. kicking. Let me get in on like, no, wait, wait, your door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was horrible. Elton John's retirement tour is fucking being extended for another two years. Did you see that? Yeah, that man's going to live forever, I swear to God. He's yeah. never going to retire. Ooh, here's a good question. Who would you like to see a biopic made of next? Um. Oh, that's a really... It is a good question because I have no idea. Um, do you have an answer for this? Ooh, I'm trying to think. Ooh, like, like, be... you want someone with a real interest in life. Part of me wants to say Britney Spears, but then I'm like, that would be that. Whoever takes that on needs to do it so well, uh, otherwise they will fuck it up royally. Do you know what I'm gonna say? And it's it's a bit of a random, but honestly, Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> if no one heard that, it was a easy Lewis Capaldi that just said. Um, <laughs> no, Christy Dignam from Aslan. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a weird one. I told you, didn't I? Just because I have, I've listened to him on a few podcasts. And I just feel like there'd be a lot in it. And because he's Irish and mm. you'd get to see like Dublin and back when he was a kid. Fun fact, my mom grew up, like his sister was in my mom's class and they grew up in St. Part of Inglis. So mm. my mom would be in <laughs> Right, okay, right. Well, you got the Christy Dignam biopic up and running, produced by your mom. Um <laughs> <laughs> no no that didn't happen like that <laughs> <laughs> right so uh, so I'm gonna quiz it's time for a pop quiz so I'm gonna quiz KE not on Christy Dignam but on Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I could ask if it was quizzing on Christy Dignam I'd crush that you're the only person I think who cares about him actually no my sister loves him for some reason what did you say? My sister loves Christy Dignam. You and my sister are the only two people that actually give him the time of day. Right. I thought you said something about prison. I was like, right. Okay. Fuck. I'm not. If I say the words Christy Dignam, I'll actually jump out the window. Okay. It's time for a pop quiz. <laughs> so, 10 uh, quiz questions. I can't speak. That's all right. We're getting through. We're getting through. Let's do it. Let's go. Ten quiz questions because I never pay attention. Ten quiz questions because Katie needs to pass the pop quiz because class is in session. So, um, are you ready? I'm ready. Question one: What London airport did Freddie work at as a baggage handler? Heathrow. That's correct. Okay. Question two: Multiple choice. What is the name of the boutique Mary works at? Heath. Leon. Biba. Or Hart? Biba. That's correct. What song does Roger write that the band have a go at him about? Oh, God. It's a very bizarre title. Oh, Roger. Um, oh, hold on, sorry. 
you glitched there for a second. Just say that again. Of course I did. Um, it's the one about the car, isn't it? Yeah, what's it called though? Oh, like I love my car or something. I'll give that Actually. to you. It, I'll give it to you. It's I'm in love with my car. I'm in love with my car. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. Question four, multiple choice again. What is Freddie's response to Brian saying, I didn't know it was fancy, fancy dress, Fred. Was it dress to impress? I've got to make an impression, darling. I want to make a big splash or I am a rock god. I've got to make an impression, darling. That is correct. Okay, this one is a little tricky, but it's also multiple choice, so. Okay. Which singer had a secret cameo in Bohemian Rhapsody? Adam Lambert, Adam Levine, John Legend, or Nick Jonas? What? <laughs> so there is a secret cameo, and I'll tell you what the cameo was. Wow. Um... Oh, wow. Okay, this is going to be like an absolutely mad life, I guess. John Legend, I feel like it's Adam Lambert though, but John Legend. It's not John Legend. No. Right, that's fine. So it's Adam Lambert. He obviously is now the lead singer of Queen. Um, And he had a cameo in the film as the truck driver who goes into the bathroom. Oh. So yeah, you, you wouldn't know that, but that was him. Hmm. So very good. What nickname does Freddie give Jim Beach? Miami. Yes. What song does Freddie play in the piano in the scene with his family, Mary's family, and the band? This is when he calls himself uh, Mr. Mercury. Happy birthday. Yeah, that's correct. What was Brian May studying at university? Uh, Brian May was studying astrophysical science or something like that. Yeah, astrophysics. So it's astrophysical uh-huh. science. It's the official title. Okay. <laughs> Look at me pulling at the big words. There you go. <laughs> pulling at the big ones. Uh, question nine. Who says the line, my nuts feel like they're in my chest right now? Um, Roger. Yeah, that's correct. Um, question 10 well, that was perfect question 10 who does Freddie describe as a fruit fly um, oh, the manager he fired um, what's the name see what I mean like, I we've just... said his name eight times exactly I know that I'm aware. Like this is my problem with my brain. <laughs> One of the names of the Beatles. Ah, oh, I don't know. John Rogers. No, no. One of the names of the Beatles. There was a John in the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, but there's another <laughs> Paul. It was Paul. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I give you anything and you're going to get it. Biggest, biggest member of the Beatles. It was John. <laughs> you didn't. Oh, whatever. So, there was a John in the Beatles. John Legend. Right. Jesus, John Legend. <laughs> you're both too tired for this. John. <laughs> you're here. John Legend. The original member of the Beatles. <laughs> well, I don't have to ask anybody if he's ever listening right now. Okay. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we put Bohemian Rhapsody on the pop scale based on its place in pop culture and how much we like it. Uh, so we, we rank it out of five. Um, <laughs> sorry, can I get through this? We're almost there. We're nearly there. Oh my God. So, pop scale. uh, Put it on the pop scale. This is what we do. Uh, Based on space and pop culture, we rank it out of five. And based on pop. I can't fucking speak. Based on its place in pop culture, we put it on the pop scale. Oh, here I come wait to fucking listen to this part. 
and rank it out of five. Everyone is going to hate corridors when he's listening to that. <laughs> this has never happened to us before. Oh, this he's is the first time. This is this is hanging out with school with podcasting. We we keep it real. So out of five, what are you giving Bohemian Rhapsody, Katie? I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Yes. Okay. So the reason for my four and a half is it was just I was so immersed every time I watched it, which is very rare for me. Um it did not feel as long as it was. I know for some people two hours isn't that long for a film, but for me it that I may as well have been watching the Schneider Cut, like it was that's usually so long for me. But um yeah, no, brilliant, really good. I really love the obviously the music that wasn't really on the film, that was more on the band, but I thought the casting was impeccable. I thought the costumes were amazing. I just thought the whole like the set was incredible. Um yeah, everything seemed really thought out. It wasn't historically accurate, but that's okay because as they said, they were making the, a piece of art, not a documentary. So four and a half for me. What about you? So I'll probably give this a three and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like the music, uh, really like the movie. I love the costumes as well. Love how it edited and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think there's some elements to the film that I find a bit dodgy, and I don't know, just kind of brought it down for me a little bit. Yeah, no, I get that. I do. Um, some things were in bad taste as well, but I will still stick with my four and a half. Right. Okay. So next up is what's pop when we talk about what we are enjoying in terms of pop culture. And uh, yeah, Katie, what's popping with you? So um, I've recently started to watch Sex Education. I've never seen that. Yeah, I know. I'm me neither. Uh, and I am actually really enjoying it. I really am. And now when I say that, I've watched two episodes of season one. Mm. But the first time I tried to watch it, I couldn't even get through the first um, episode of season one. But um, I'm actually like watching it this time. So I'm, I'm watching it with my boyfriend. So it's going to be a lot slower than it will be by yourself because I could have blitzed through it today but I'm glad I didn't because I had to do stuff so that's good and um, but other than that not much what about you so for me it's going to be the voice the US voice uh it returned for season 21 they do two seasons a year it's not gonna have 21 years to clarify uh so the, co- <laughs> the coaches uh yeah so interesting coaches so new coach Ariana Grande so that's a big Ooh. that's a big get for them Kelly Clarkson Blake Shelton mm-hmm. and our dear friend John Legend. <laughs> Original me, member of the Beatles. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so uh, really enjoying that. A lot of cool contestants. Uh, I love the blind auditions, it's like my favorite part. I watched, I love The Voice. I love The Voice US, The Voice UK as well. Um, yeah, I just love the blind auditions. That's my favorite part. And then usually I get to a certain point and I stop. But you know, maybe I'll stick this on now. Yeah. Oh, Bake Off is back as well, which is fun. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. I haven't watched it. It came, came back last week and I watched last week's one, but I didn't watch this week's one, but I'll catch up. Yeah. So Katie, where can the people find us? People can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Making Podcast. And if you do follow us over there, keep an eye out for our question box on this episode. Also, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just in case you need new places to listen. Podbean, Amazon, Prime, Audible, something like that. Yeah. And anywhere you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is the... End of the episode. Uh, we hope that you all stay safe, stay well, and we you'll hear from us soon. Thanks for listening.